you're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. In this week's show, we'll be looking at the iFixit leaks Steam Deck repair inventory, the own to own hackers who just broke into Windows 11 and Teams in a single day. We will also have for you the best tips and tricks to help you make the best out of your technology and we'll have our recommendations i'm joined by ben stegner how are you ben hello christian i'm doing well i'm uh yeah i'm enjoying being here i feel like i need to have like a little quip ready every time i'm here and i just <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's just nothing, nothing nothing witty comes out so sometimes it just doesn't yeah, sometimes, happen sometimes does it? it's just a normal day and that's that's the day so i'm fine with that <laughs> uh it's absolutely fine don't worry about it so we're going to uh, kick off with uh the latest tech news that matters this is things that will affect you rather than things that won't so we're generally going to be talking about things you can buy and use rather than things like i don't know cryptocurrency or theoretical engineering of futuristic cpus or something like that anyway let's crack on iFixit. we've mentioned iFixit a few times over the past few months because they're at the forefront of the whole right to repair movements now Steam Deck owners will soon be able to purchase everything from the official display upgrades to entire replacement motherboards directly from iFixit. It's a new partnership between iFixit and Valve, which will offer Steam Deck replacement parts. And um, this is known about for a while, but uh, iFixit has uh, accidentally published some pages related to their upcoming parts launch with Valve, and they went live earlier than planned. Um, Some information relating to this has been shared online. Uh, the repair inventory includes everything from simple charges and face plates to more elaborate components such as the LCD display and motherboard. The motherboard is a $350 part which incorporates the custom system on chip that AMD has developed for Valve. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking $350 for a motherboard on a device that can cost $500. That seems like a bit of a loss leader, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a pretty expensive motherboard. What is it? Five hundred dollars for the the standard I th- model? I think the, not... I think the standard one's five hundred dollars in the UK. The standard one's three fifty. So I'm guessing okay. it's about five hundred in the US. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm trying. I mean, I, I guess it makes sort of sense that a mobile device like that, the motherboard, would be the main part that costs money, as opposed to a console where you know it's the GPU and CPU. But yeah, that's a, that's that's a huge part of it you're right compared to everything else they have to put in there i mean i'm sure the screen costs a good chunk of money too yeah yeah so that's that's kind of interesting to know about and it's i mean it's also interesting to um speculate on the fact that well not even speculate to be reassured by the fact that if something goes wrong with it you can buy replacement parts i think that's really really good i'm really impressed with valve over that i'm looking forward to getting my steam deck but uh, i mean it's not going to come until july at the earliest um They've bumped that back a few times for you, right? It was supposed to be quarter one or yeah, quarter two before? I was originally quarter one for about a day. Then I was quarter two for a good few months and now quarter three, yeah. Uh, um, although I do know that, I'm, well, I'm, I say no, I'm largely certain we've got a Steam Deck within the Make Use Of team and that there's a review imminently of that. I think that's the case, yeah. I think yeah. someone just got bumped up or got their or delivery early or something yeah, like that so that'll, that'll be fun 
I'll be but I do, yeah, on this repair, I do like this a lot, especially as the article mentions about being able to repair the joystick. That's probably the most, I don't know about the Steam Deck specifically because it's too early on to comment on the joystick quality, but with any controller, I think that's one of the things that kind of just goes over a long yep. time yeah, of yeah. use. Even if there's no drift problem like we've seen on some modern systems like the Switch, it is nice to just, you know, the, the rubber's worn down and you want to do more than put a little cap on it just replace it or if it's getting loose um that's one of the biggest problems with like old n64 controllers like the joystick once it gets loose is just really hard to use so uh, something like this that'll hopefully be around for a long time this repair will make it so that when you have one you can actually like keep it running nicely for that time so yeah Yeah. great to see for sure yeah definitely definitely uh so let's move on to uh poon to own It's it's a competition and there was a challenge there to hack stuff because it's about ethical hacking and if a hacker finds an exploit they will then report what they found to the developers of the software concerned um and day after day one it revealed it was revealed that uh, microsoft didn't do very well three successful attacks on microsoft teams and two on windows 11 each successful hack was rewarded accordingly with the lowest bounty coming in at forty thousand dollars and the biggest at $150,000. Now, Microsoft weren't the only victims here. Uh, Mozilla and Oracle also had software cracked open for cash. But, you know, Microsoft 11 is sold as secure. It has the TPM uh, system, hardware system, uh, for security. And, damn it, you kind of don't want it to be cracked open within a few months of launching, do you? Yeah, it's kind of... There's a couple of layers here, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're right that you would think... You know, they, they built security into it with the TPM requirement for your CPU. But then you think, I wonder how, this article doesn't comment about Windows 10, but I do wonder how that would stack up, like with Windows 11 being newer, like, yeah, it's built on newer security standards, but they also haven't had quite as much time to add to it over over the years with patches and kind of fix up the loose ends in terms of security. So I wonder if it's worse or better than uh, Windows 10's security status. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, TPM, just to clarify, that's the Trusted Platform Module, which is an international standard for secure encryption processes. It ensures that um, chips are integrated, chips are sort of matched to the hardware, and there's various um, security procedures and protocols in place there to improve uh, the transition of data and that it remains secure, basically. And that computers boot up securely and they use securely so yeah it's it's a little bit disappointing on the other hand you know it was done for fun it was ethical hacking it was done for money and for honest money let's clarify there and this was the good guys who found these vulnerabilities and exploited them so they've been reported to microsoft there'll be an update that deals with them imminently i should think yeah, I mean, if they're if someone's going to find a massive issue like this, I'm assuming it's a big issue based on the money and the bounty. Um, I, you know, obviously you want it to be something like this where they can report it and get it fixed and not have the headline be, you know, every Windows 11 user is vulnerable to this massive exploit that's in the wild and we don't know how long it'll take to fix. Like, those are obviously scary situations. So this is a better case for sure. <laughs> Now, on the topic of security and privacy and exploits and all that sort of thing, um, 
I mean, we're concerned about these sort of things because we share such a lot of information with our computers and with the internet. And, you know, if privacy is breached, if, if, if the software we're using is exploited through vulnerabilities, then the information that we share, if, even if we're not sharing it, if it's just what we store on our computer, um, it can be, that, that information can be stolen, subjugated, misused, all sorts of uh, bad things can happen. And then there's the information that we share online, which uh, brings us to the topic of web browsers. Now, one way to protect your online privacy is through anonymous browsing. But most browsers aren't anonymous. They might have an anonymous mode, which you can then activate, but by default, they are not anonymous. Fortunately, aside from, you know, your Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge and Mozilla Firefox and... All those other browsers, Safari, uh, Opera, there are other browsers that do have default, secure, anonymous modes. I'm briefly going to go through a list of these. First of all, there is possibly the most famous of these, the Tor browser, which is available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. This has a single aim of anonymous browsing. It's the best private web browser available. And also, but this isn't its only purpose, it will, you can use it for standard websites. You can also use it for accessing the dark web. Using the Tor browser protects your location, your browser history, your personal data, and any messages that take, that, and protects you from any online messages from people or bots or perform network analysis and any kind of detection like that. The next one is the Epic Browser. This is for Windows and Mac OS. Now, this is sold under the um, this, the kind of uh, angle that you, whether if you're using the private browsing or incognito mode of your standard browser, you're still being tracked. With Epic Browser, your browsing history is deleted from your computer and it's protected from your ISP, your government, data collection services, and your employer. As I say, Epic Browser is available for Windows and Mac. Also available for Windows, Mac, Linux, and Android is SRWare Iron. This is based on Chromium, so it runs in a similar way to Google Chrome. And the main difference here is data protection. Using this uh, app, um, this browser, SRWare Iron, uh, you can overcome Chrome's privacy issues because they simply don't exist with this. And finally, there is Komodo Dragon Browser. This is for Windows and Mac, and this is a private web browser that automatically blocks tracking cookies, web spies. Uh, it has built-in domain validation technology that will uh, spot weak SSL certificates and let you know about them. And it also uses the Komodo antivirus suite to protect you from ransomware viruses and other attacks. And it's also based on Chromium, so it looks like Chrome and it feels like Chrome. Um, so there'll be a lot of uh, familiarity for you should you switch to that. Uh, now, obviously, I've just summarized that. We have a complete list in detail on Make Use Of, and we'll put the link to that guide to the four free anonymous web browsers that are completely private in the show notes for this week's podcast uh, ben uh, how are you with uh, private browsing do you uh, ever have to uh, crack into an incognito mode or do you prefer a browser that does the job automatically 
I so I use I still use Chrome for my day to day. I've been wanting to switch for a while, but I, it's one of those things where it's just it sounds great, and then I just can't bring myself to take the time to do it just out of laziness, basically. Um, <laughs> I've inst- I've installed Tor before just to play around with it once or twice. Never really used it. I had Epic on my computer back in the day. I don't remember very much about whether I liked it or not. Um, haven't used the other two, but I do have to say that Komodo's uh, logo is pretty cool. And it does, and there are actually, there are two, actually two versions. There's Dragon and Ice Dragon, um, one which looks like Chrome and one which looks like Firefox. Of so course, yeah. you can kind of that's kind of cool. You can choose which one's which. But yeah, I, I use Incognito Windows all the time for like site stuff, so I can like see if an article looks correct to everyone or just me. Um, make sure a link is viewable by anybody and not just me. So I use them all the time to make sure that the public viewer sees something the same way I am. God, they're very useful for our line of work for sure. Absolutely. The next thing we're going to talk about is external hard drives or external storage drives, removable drives, those ones that you connect to your computer via USB. They're really, really useful, but sometimes they don't work as they're supposed to. This is particularly uh, focused on Windows, right, uh, with with this topic. I've got a couple of hard drives in front of me, which uh, I don't have hooked up to my computer. I have this, uh, I have a dream that one day I will connect them to the computer and take all the data off them and then sync that data to the cloud and then take the drives out and replace them with two, two gigabytes, two, two terabyte drives. So I've got an always on backup solution but it's one of those things on my very long and detailed to-do list which uh, gets pushed down the queue quite a lot um external disk drives can be a pain can't they ben they can yes and if uh if you went through with your plan and then you tried to connect them and they didn't show up that would be kind of ruin the plan even more yeah. uh, than, than you were hoping so um i actually do have a guide on the ways to what to do basically when you uh, when you don't see your external drive showing up. So uh, let's walk through that really quick. I'll give you the highlights. Uh, so the first thing to do if your external drive isn't working is to make sure that it turns on. Uh, this kind of sounds basic. Um, and a lot of like flash drives and those types of devices, they just power over USB. But there are some external drives that actually have a physical separate power cable. So if this is the case, um, you need to make sure that your cable is plugged into a, a good outlet, that it's getting power um, and see if it has any life when you do that. Um, it might be dead if it won't get if it won't even get power, but in some cases you might have it plugged into a, a bad power strip or something like that. Uh, the next tip in inside Windows, there's the disk management panel where you can see uh, if the disk is recognized. So this is important because um, on Windows, you can connect a disk to your computer, but if it's not formatted for use in Windows, it won't show up on the this PC window. So it won't show up as a separate like G or F, whatever label drive. So, but when you look in disk management, it will be there. So if you buy a brand new hard drive that's not formatted, you connect it to your computer, and it's not in this PC, it will show up in this panel and you can make a new format or a new partition for it uh, by formatting the disk. You should also make sure that your USB ports are good. Uh, there's a chance you might have a dead port on your laptop or your desktop. Um, so uh, in this guide, I talk about ways to troubleshoot that. Um, if you're using a hub, you should remove that and plug your drive directly into your computer. The hub might not have enough power for the drive. Um, and if you're, it's possible, it's good to try the drive with a different computer uh, to check if it's an issue with your machine or if it's something that the drive is having a problem with everywhere. 
Um, you should also look into device driver issues, uh, as we've talked about before with troubleshooting. Uh, drivers let your computer interface with different devices. Uh, so in the device manager, you can check to see if the uh, driver for your external drive is correct. It might be outdated or corrupt or something like that. Um, so you can update that or reinstall it and see if that uh, lets your computer interface with it again. Uh, the other another tip is in that disk management system we talked about earlier, you might need to make a new volume on it uh, if the disk shows up, but there's no actual volume for Windows to read. If it's just empty space, you need to create a new uh, volume there. Uh, and then the final tip is to reformat it. Uh, there's a chance that it's formatted, but it's corrupted or something like that, or it might be formatted for a Mac or a Linux computer. So if you reformat it for Windows, it'll wipe everything out on it, uh, but you should be able to read it from there. So um, hopefully you don't have to get that far and erase everything, but that's what to do if your drive seems like it's not actually being read when you connect it. Excellent tips there. I um I just remember we we also have another external hard disk in the house which is connected to the Wii U, which uh, oh yes, tends to uh, be temperamental on occasion. Mine has the same problem, and I I don't I I'm, it's interesting you say that because I don't know I honestly don't know if the problem is the Wii U or if it's the drive itself because the drive I have connected to that is an old I think it was the drive that was in my PS3 before I replaced it and right. I bought one of those enclosures and then yes, just hooked it up to my Wii U so I don't know if. I bought one of those like Y cables, so it splits the one USB port on the external drive into two for the, the two ports on the Wii U. I don't know if it's the Wii U just doesn't deliver enough power sometimes or what, but I've mine's been finicky as well. That's interesting. Mine's got an external power source, so it might be the USB cable that is the problem. Uh, who knows? Okay, five tech items you shouldn't buy at the dollar store. Now, everyone likes a bargain, don't they? But uh, there are certain things that you probably shouldn't spend one or two dollars on, or maybe even ten dollars on if it's something like a, I don't know, a, a fitness band, for instance. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I bought a budget fitness band many years ago. And uh, it was a miserable experience. It's, uh, well, it, it worked at first, and then an iPhone update came along, and it stopped working. So uh, it became quite an ex- It was one of those things. It wasn't, ju- it was, you know, it was a lot cheaper than the top brand, but expensive enough for it to be really annoying that it wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, it's like that point where it not, wasn't just like a throwaway purchase. Like you paid enough for it that you want it to yeah. be decent. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Exactly. Uh, of course, you don't have to go to electronic store to find tech items. You'll find it anywhere, general retailers and discount stores, and it can be tempting to pick up cheap deal tech. We talked about iPhone cables uh, a while ago, and I think this comes into it, doesn't it, Ben? Yeah, I think I th- I want to say we I got this idea either from a conversation we had or just from being in a dollar store and kind of seeing what they offer. Um, so yeah, so there's five general categories I, I decided to talk about that you really just shouldn't buy at like, I'm, I'm talking about like super ch- cheap stores, like a dollar store or dollar general or similar, um, you know, Walmart and those type of places do have some of this stuff, but they sell higher quality stuff too. So that's kind of a, the line. Um, the first category is audio devices in general. So headphones, speakers, um, these, like everything else on this list, they can serve as an emergency stopgap. You know, if you're on a trip and you forgot your headphones and you don't want to annoy everybody else in the car, you know, a $5 pair of 
of earbuds will serve you for that. But um, in general, cheap audio equipment is just not worth your time. Um, it's going to sound awful. It'll make the sound louder than your phone speakers do, but that's really about it. Um, you know, the bass and the treble are going to sound awful. Uh, the battery life of anything wireless will be terrible. Um, the build quality will be low, so they're going to be very easy to break or for them to fall apart. Um, Spending a little bit more money even on like a budget-ish brand on Amazon, like Anchor, for example, they make really good earbuds and headphones and things like that. Um, makes way more sense to spend the money one time on something that'll last you for a few years rather than keep buying $5 earbuds from the dollar store. Uh, another category is USB drives, like we just talked about with the troubleshooting tips. Um, so with this one, it's not so much that it, it, it could be the quality's poor, um, that they're just they're not built to last. Um, most most of them you'll find even at drugstores like Rite Aid and Walgreens that we have in the U.S. Um, they'll they'll have flash drives where the storage amount is just way overpriced. Um, so at the time that I wrote this, Rite Aid had a 32 gigabyte USB 2.0 drive for $17, whereas on Amazon you can get a 128 gigabyte USB 3.0 drive for basically the same price. So. Wow. Like, why would you pay? You're, you're getting four times the storage on a faster standard for the same price. It's just not yeah. worth it to get those junky drives uh, in the drugstore. So that's one of the reasons. And they're just the same thing, terrible build quality. They'll probably fall apart. Um, like we talked about before, phone chargers and cables fall into this too. Um, again, they can they can work in a pinch, but um, they might not be up to safety standards. So if you charge your device, it could hurt your battery life or it could even cause a fire potentially if it's a, if it's really, really bad. Um could you know, charge your device too slowly? Um, just again, bad quality could fall apart or get stuck in your phone's port. So just just not worth your time. Uh, batteries are another one. I guess most people don't probably use batteries too too much, but the Xbox controllers still use them, or you might have them for just remotes and random things like that. Um, it, in a dollar store, most of the batteries you'll find are carbon zinc, which are a cheaper battery and older technology compared to alkaline, which is what most you know Duracell and Energizer are. Um, these batteries are okay for low drain stuff like a clock or a TV remote, but if you put them in a controller uh, or anything like that, they're going to drain way faster than an alkaline battery. So they're going to drain so fast that the savings that you made up are just not worth it. Um, and also, if they're at a dollar store, they may have been like a closeout from another store, so they could yeah, be yeah. sitting there for forever, you know, and they're almost expired which is bad obviously do you know how to check a battery without a battery tester um i know like with a nine volt you can put your you can put your tongue yeah, on both don't do the that. connectors don't do yeah that. yeah no well, um, well, you can, can you, like, do... shake it or something you can drop it right from oh about, yeah about an inch so listen to this one see how that one fell over okay okay this one will not fall over it just stops. It just stops. So the one that fell over, what happens is when the battery is used, the uh, the charge reduces. Um, there's a there's a energy transfer taking place, and uh, the, a gas, a lighter than air gas, develops inside the battery, which is why when you drop it, that one didn't drop that. It didn't fall over that time. Um, it will nine times out of ten, it will fall over. Okay. Whereas the one that is fully charged or more charged. It fell over. Will not fall over. That's the idea, anyway. So if it is charged, it won't fall if over? If it's charged, it's heavy, basically. Okay. But if it's not charged, it'll fall over. Okay, because there's more air in it? 
Yeah, the, well, the, there's, okay. there's this light gas is in it, yeah. Anyway, I've interrupted you there. Do carry no, on. That, that's okay. I, I was talking for a while, so I actually appreciate it. Um, I remember, too, I don't know if they sell these anymore, but I remember when I was a kid, they used to have, they were, like, named brand Duracell or whatever. They had a battery where you could, like, press on the battery and there was a little indicator oh, yeah. for how much charge was left i don't i guess that to me we that still seems have useful we, oh, okay. we have they them in the uk them? yeah yeah you would put your th both thumbs on each hand one at one end and one at the other end and then it, you'd get like a bar reading would come up to show you how charged it was or not yeah i think that's pretty useful because i mean I, I know batteries aren't as common as they were since you know we, we use rechargeable stuff more now but yeah i think that's handy um, oh yeah, I guess to wrap this up, so the last category is phones and tablets, so this might sound kind of silly, but um, at dollar stores and then even at like Dollar General, like slightly more expensive items, um, you might find phones and tablets in the 15 to 30-ish dollar range. Um, again, if you absolutely need a phone to make an emergency phone call or something like a backup phone for a flight or something, these will be okay, um, but otherwise, you know you're going to be getting probably an Android device with a very old version of Android on it. And it's going to have almost no storage. The screen's going to be terrible. It's going to be just weak components, take forever to boot up, everything like that. Just not an exciting experience. So um, you can get cheaper phones for maybe a hundred dollars. That'll serve you way better uh, than like a piece of junk like that. That's just a stopgap or, or a tablet. Um, we've talked about Amazon's fire tablets before. They're much more solid for the money you spend. So basically you have to remember with the dollar store stuff a value isn't necessarily just a low price like if you pay a low price for something and it breaks immediately it wasn't really a value um paying the right amount of money to get something that lasts a good amount of time for your needs that's that's a much better value so that's why i would skip this super cheapo stuff i agree 100 percent And that brings us to the point of the show where we share a recommendation with you. It's something that we've experienced, enjoyed, probably has some sort of bearing in technology and entertainment. Uh, who's going first this week? Is it me or you, Ben? Uh, you go first. I feel like I've gone first the last couple of times we uh, okay we, we talked. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you may know, I know you know, Ben, and listeners may know that I am a fan of retro gaming and I own a thing called Evercade. I've got an I've got two Evercade handhelds and an Evercade VS, which is a sort of a uh, console, home console version that plays curated retro games. Now, later this year, it's 2022, later this year for the Evercade, there's a new collection of uh, indie games coming. And to uh, promote this and to celebrate this, um, what the Evercade people have done is release one of these games each month with each monthly update for the Evercade VS or Versus, I should call it. And the current game is uh, Nessie the NES Robot, which was released for NES and PC. And yes, I did say NES, as in Nintendo Entertainment System, because, shock horror, there is an entire world. I love this so much. There are people making retro games and releasing them on retro hardware in retro media. So you can actually buy a copy of Nessie the NES Robot on cartridge. 
You can buy uh, it on the cartridge, or do uh, you have to buy like a cartridge reader, like a you know those cartridges you can buy where you like connect them to your computer and you can write data to them and then plug that into your. Do you know? I feel like right now I may have overstepped the mark slightly. You can buy it and you can download it and you can run it on an emulator and you can probably play it on one of those things that you've just described. I'm certain I've seen a hardware cartridge version of this because, but then again, I look at so many of these things, um, cartridges for this and for NES and Mega Drive and SNES and people are actually engineering them there's uh, i've just been looking at a new sega genesis horror game called sacred line 2 which is uh, being released this year on physical cartridge and uh yeah so um these things do kind of uh, maybe merge together in my mind but the point is it's available for free if you own an evocated versus uh you can play it now and i've been playing it and i really really like this game and I'm not a big fan of platform games and platform explorers and all those sort of things. Um, I'm more of a, although it does have a shooting function, you can shoot things. It's such a fun little cute game. I really like it. So that's my recommendation. And, you know, it isn't only available on Evercade. It's available on uh, on on PC. And you, as I say, you can play it on NES hardware. So that would indicate that you can, at the very least, put it into one of those cartridges that Ben described earlier. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I'm assuming that's what they mean by that because there are, you know, there's games like Shovel Knight, for example, that are like built in the style of NES but could never actually run on one because there's too many graphical effects whereas something like this actually would run on the NES because it's, you know, built to that standard or whatever. Well, it was, so, yeah, it was designed really cool. in NES. Um, a, 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 there's a piece of software that you can use to create games on the NES and it was built using that. It looks very charming. I like the style of, yeah, of this retro too. platformer. So that's my recommendation. What's yours? Uh, mine is also a game too. So I play a lot of games, like if you haven't noticed from my recommendations. So that's what I tend to, I like to share what I've been playing lately if I think it'll be uh, applicable for a lot of people. And I do think there's a good audience for this game. Uh, so my recommendation this time is Tunic, which is a new uh, indie game that has been out for a couple months, came out this year in 2022. Uh, it is on PC and is on Xbox. It's also part of Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass uh, on either of those platforms, you already have access to Tunic. Um, Tunic is an isometric, I guess you'd call it an action adventure game. Um, when you first start, it'll probably remind you of Zelda because you play as a fox who wears a green tunic and has a sword. Uh, and it is an adventure game in the sense, or action adventure in the sense that you are trying to, um, recover some legendary gems and then place them into a temple. Um, so it kind of has that old classic game feel. Um, it also has... I know it's a tired comparison to talk about Dark Souls, but it kind of has that sort of combat too, like that slow and heavy, um, it could take a lot of damage if you get hit, you need to roll out of the way type of thing. Um, so it's it's a good game on its on its own, but it's very much not a ripoff of Zelda or Dark Souls or any other game like that. Um, this game does a couple of really unique things, and one of the coolest things is that um, the game uses an in-game language that you don't know, obviously, and one of the core parts of the game is that you collect pieces of the manual. Uh, so there are systems in the game that you could do from the very beginning, but you just don't know about them because you don't have the pieces of the manual. So as you collect more of them, you realize um, maybe what an item does or that there's a certain button combo you can use to do a maneuver you didn't know about. So as you discover the pieces, it's like you're building the guide to how to play the game as you go. And it's handled in Ooh. a really interesting way because... There's so many games nowadays, like so many modern games just want to throw like everything at you. Like, here's how you do this. And here's a million tutorials. Like this game just kind of drops you in and then just says, play around, figure stuff out. 
Um, and it, it, it harkens back to the old days, I think, when you couldn't just like look stuff up. I mean, obviously you can still look it up, but like in the game itself, there's not like an endless list of tutorials to tell you what everything is. You're kind of figuring it out and learning as you go, and the and the manual kind of reinforces that. So. It's a really interesting game, and also, so when you finish the final boss, that's not really the end of the game. There's a bunch of secrets um, if you, have, you have to be very observant and kind of read between the lines. Um, and the more of the manual you find, the clearer that'll become. So obviously, I don't want to spoil anything specific. But yeah, really, really solid game. Good action mechanics. Amazing soundtrack, too, if you're into, like, calming ethereal tunes. Check the soundtrack out. But yeah, it's it's really special. I've played a lot of games, and I've never seen a game do something quite like this with that manual mechanic. So definitely recommend it. Tune in uh, on Xbox and PC. Yeah, that looks really good. Uh, just go back to uh, Nessie the Ness Robot. It is not called Nessie the Ness Robot on the Evercade. It's just called Nessie the Robot. There's obviously a, a copyright thing going on there. And there isn't a physical cart version of it unless you are uh, getting the uh, upcoming indie collection 2 for the ever that's its first physical release okay uh, in which you'll be accompanied by other games but uh, yeah it's a lot of fun that game and uh, i'll only have a few more days to play it because the next update is imminent for Evercade, which means a new game will be arriving on there built into the system uh, on top of all the other games that are available for the nest uh, for the Evercade. beg your pardon whoa okay so We've made it to the end of the show. As ever, if we've helped you out with any tips or tricks or even the news or our recommendations, please share this with your friends, your family, anyone you think would benefit from it. And uh, give us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. That would help us out immensely. My name is Christian Corley. I've been joined this week by my Make Use Of colleague, Ben Stegner. We'll be back for another really useful podcast soon. Until then, it's goodbye.